Senior Bowl week at the Dolphins in Depth podcast. The Senior Bowl is on tap. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, star of the show, Adam Beasley. How is your mobile hotel room? <laughs> you know, it looks a whole lot like my Parkland house. Yes. Yeah. So you decided not to go, huh? Yeah. So uh, I was uh, raring to go. Uh, even despite the pandemic, I, yeah, I, I thought there'd be a benefit to going. But uh, the Senior Bowl and the Dolphins announced that uh, Brian Flores and his staff will not be made available in person. Uh, any interviews will be done via Zoom. And uh, I was under the understanding that all player interviews would be done via Zoom, but that's not the case. It's going to be a cattle call uh, with 50, 50 reporters packed into one space and a player, four players per practice at a socially distanced location. Uh, I'll just watch the video online and steal whatever quotes I need from that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not worth spending the money. It's not worth uh, risking getting sick. Uh, for, for basically everything I'd get there, I'm going to get here. Pandemic? What pandemic? That's done. <laughs> We're done yeah, with it's, that, aren't we? It's, it's over? Yeah, I mean, I see all these states are opening up now all of a sudden. I wonder <laughs> why. I don't know. Um, so I guess the pandemic's over. Mm. Uh, so what about the Senior Bowl would be awesome for the Miami Dolphins to see? Oh, God. Awesome would be uh, Najee Harris putting on pads, trucking a couple of guys, running away from the rest of the guys. Uh, he, 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 he clocked in, he weighed in and, and measured in at, uh, at, at basically a bull today. Um, and to have a great week of meetings – and to wow the Miami Dolphins and, you know, convince them to take him either at 18 or 36. That would be a good week. So that's great. But he's not the first pick for the Miami Dolphins. No, he is not. <laughs> the first pick for the Miami Dolphins is going to be a wide receiver, either Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith. And Devonta Smith didn't weigh in today, decided didn't didn't want to go there at the Senior Bowl today. Yeah, I've, I've been on a scale more recently than Devontae Smith. <laughs> and are you over uh, a buck 60, a buck mm-hmm. 70? Mm-hmm. I think I might have him in height and in weight. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, he's what, 5'11"? He's, he's, everybody's saying he's short all of a sudden. Really? Uh, he's, he's probably 5'11", and uh, his playing weight's probably 165. Okay, and this is where I quote Jimmy Johnson, okay, mm-hmm. because Jimmy Johnson as a Miami Dolphins uh, football coach was not great, but Jimmy Johnson as a um, talent evaluator was pretty pretty good, pretty good, and so especially, you know, on one side of the ball, and he said, so... I like a player because he makes plays and he, you, you know, you look at the film and all he does is play football like the best of them. And he played great in high school and he played great in college. And then the scouts get a hold of it and suddenly he's very small or not fast enough or not quick enough or not strong enough, or not smart enough, or not this, not that, not the other thing. 
And so I have to go back to the tape, and he's a great football player. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I decide he's a great football player. And that's what is now going to happen to Devonta Smith. That is what's going to happen now to this guy. The guy was uh, an awesome playmaker for Alabama at the highest level against the best competition, and now he's going to be devalued by all the scouts prodding and poking and picking and plucking, uh, seeking ways to, you know, bring bring a brother down. That's all it is. <laughs> bring a brother down. Well, uh, yes, you're right, and it's possible that it happens. It's possible that Chris Greer, who learned at the feet of, uh, of Bill Parcells, and uh, he, he worked in Bill Belichick's uh, system, I believe, for a while, New England and all that family, uh, and he might be convinced that Jamar Chase is the pick because uh, the tie goes to the runner, so to speak, and if you have two prospects who are both dynamic in college, and people forget about how good Chase was in 2000. In 19, because he didn't play in 2020. But every number, essentially every number that uh, that uh, that Devontae Smith put up this year, Jamar Chase put up last year. Okay, and yes, he had Joey Burrow throw him the football, but Mac Jones is going to go in the first round too. He's no slouch. <laughs> you don't think Mac Jones is going to go in the first round? No, I. It's not that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I. I just. I'm not a big Matt Jones guy. I'm sorry, Adam. And every every time someone talks to me about Mac Jones, I just burst out in wild, uncontrolled cackling. So forgive me. Go ahead. <laughs> my bad. But my well, bad. Well, then I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even going to suggest. I'm not even going to hint. I'm not even going to allude to his stats in college compared to Tua Tagovailoa's stats. I'm not even going to do that, Armando. It's it's not even worth my time. But anyway. Are you saying that they're as good as Tua's? Uh, they're, they're, they're very similar. They are very, very similar. And one could make the argument that Tua Tungavaloa had better talent than Mac Jones did in college. I'm, 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 just, I'm just throwing that out there, okay? But I digress. Regardless, Jamar Chase is a really good football player. Mm-hmm. And, so I do, and I do think that they're going to look long and hard at him. I think this is, this is a make-or-break week for Demonte Smith. If, if he absolutely blows them away in meetings, blows them away in one-on-one interviews, and, and he and, and Flo Click and their buddies and, and Chris Greer's aboard, he'll probably be the pick. Now, you know, the question is, is he the pick at three or the pick at seven? Because I think the Dolphins would like their cake and eat it too. I think they'd like to be able to trade back and still get one of those two wide receivers, which obviously is a risk, but I think they would like to do that. But regardless, if, if, there's, if, if there's a slip-up this week, if Dante Smith doesn't interview well, if he doesn't click with uh, Brian Flores, then I think Jamar Chase will be the pick. I think that's who they'll take as the first wide receiver available, and, um, and away they go. So I, I think this is a very important week. I do wish he was on the field. I wish he didn't bang up his finger in the, in the national championship game. I wish he were out there. Uh, but this is going to be a, an invaluable time for both him and the franchise to get to know each other. And, and look, this, this is the first time the Dolphins have coached the game since Tony Sperano and the Dolphins did in 2010, the late, great Tony Sperano did in 2010. Um, do you know how many senior bowl players the Dolphins drafted that year, the year that they coached the game? A lot. Four. Not one, not two, not three, but four. 
including their first-round pick, their second-round pick, and I believe either their third or their fourth-round pick. Jared Odrick was in the Senior Bowl. Koa Misi was in the Senior Bowl. And, Jer- and John Jerry was in the Super Bowl. And while none of those three guys were all world players, all three were solid players. And John Jerry, I believe, had the longest career of all of them. So I, I think you can expect the Dolphins with, I don't know, what do they have, a dozen or so picks, again, in this year's draft. You're going mm-hmm. to, the names you hear this week, you're going to hear called uh, by the Dolphins in April. There's going to be a lot of overlap. It's who can impress them the most this week on the field and off. Mm-hmm. You know, you you were talking about – I need to say two things here. Number one, let me digress myself. This is the digress version of the Dolphins (laughs) in Death podcast. So I mentioned earlier how scouts will now nitpick at Devonta Smith. That's what scouts do. They're going to do that to Jamar Chase too. Mm -hmm. And, no, they're not going to say he's small or his frame is small or he doesn't, you know, the, he he needs to eat a sandwich and not suddenly, you know, metabolize it so quickly. <laughs> because, you know, they're not going to say that. But what they are going to say is, we haven't seen him play for a year. And why did he make business a business decision in 2020? And if he's going to make business decisions in 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 college, he's definitely going to make business decisions as a professional. And do we want guys in our locker room making business decisions? So that's going to be the Jamar Chase narrative Mm -hmm. from the scouts that want to knock him down. The other thing, when you mentioned the three first picks that the Dolphins had that year after they coached the Senior Bowl, and you talked about them like they were really good, <laughs> uh, Jared Odrick, Koa Misi, and John Jerry. This is where, I, you know, I 2016 Armando, 2017 Armando, 2018 Armando would agree with you. Mm-hmm. But we, 2020, 2019, 2021 Armando, the 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 goal. Adam, I don't believe, is any longer to pick good players. I believe if if the Dolphins themselves are to be believed, they said we want to have a team and a roster that competes for what? Championships every year on a consistent basis. And Koamisi, Jared Odrick, John Jerry, not those guys, and certainly not those guys in the first round or the second round. This team is begging, needing, wanting, uh, starved, in a drought of big-time playmakers, big-time, I mean, like Hall of Fame caliber Mm -hmm. talent. They, Mm -hmm. They have to find stars. And I'm not saying the guy has to be a star uh, quarterback. I'm not saying he has to be a star receiver. But does this team have – it has basically one star. One. Right now. Their kicker is pretty good, too. Okay. (laughs) But you you do make a great point, and it's one that actually uh, kind of made my jaw drop a little bit. 
um, Jim Nagy uh, told ESPN that he was uh, – because he's, he is close to Flores. They go way back uh, to the New England days. Uh, he, he told ESPN that he was surprised the Dolphins were as good as they were in 2020 because they were talent bereft. And I kind of saw that as a bit of a shot at Chris Career, certainly because they spent tens and tens of millions of dollars and used a bunch of high draft picks on players this past year. And if they're still talent bereft, that's, that's a bad sign. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm to counter quick uh, on, on what you mentioned about the, you know, the, the Jared Odricks of the world. Then I'm going to give a crappy tease, and then we're going to give a break. My response is this. Yes, those guys were not Hall of Famers. They weren't even pro bowlers, okay? But they weren't busts. And I think one of the advantage of having um, eyes and hands on these guys all week this week is you can eliminate the bust factor maybe. Maybe, maybe their ceiling won't be, you know, you know, Aaron Donald or whatever, but you, have, you know their floor is not going to be beyond Jordan, okay? You, you, you have a sense that if he comes in, he's at least going to be a solid competitor. I, I, I totally agree. You need much more than that to win at the highest level. But it helps you maybe in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds knowing, identifying guys, hey, I know what this guy's truly made of. I know how he competes. I know how he thinks. I know he's not going to be a bust. He might not be all world, but he's going to be, he's going to be able to help us. That being said, I, your, your Jamar Chase point, I want to get back to that real quick, is a good one. And I think we might get a window into the soul of the Dolphins thinking uh, on, on, that, on that issue with, a number, with another very important uh, roster move that they might make. And we'll get into that when we get back from this break. And we're back. And as a reminder, um, Armando thinks Jamar Chase is a quitter. He thinks that he's got, I don't think he that. thinks he's got no heart. He thinks all he sees is dollar signs, not footballs. And he might be right. Who knows? But I will say this. Uh, the Dolphins uh, might have to see if they're okay with a guy making a business decision at the most important position. Because if the Dolphins aren't okay with a player taking a year off because of COVID, how are they going to feel about a guy, a quarterback, the leader of the team, who forces his way out of the organization that not only drafted him high, not only built around him, but just gave him a nine-figure contract to reward all that hard work. Uh, I, 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 I am the opinion, talent's talent, and if you go get, get elite talent, you overlook some of this stuff. But it is interesting that if, 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 if you're not going to make an excuse for Jamar Chase, are you going to make an excuse for Deshaun Watson? Well, so that's, that's an interesting little nugget that you bring up. And I would say to you this, um, Deshaun Watson has a, uh, a relationship issue with ownership in Houston. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. And is he trying to, or is he, will he be trying to extricate himself from Houston? Yes. Yes, he will. Guess what? It's 2021. And this year, perhaps more than ever, Adam, what I predict you'll see this offseason is players who have great abilities and thus have great power uh, will be making decisions to change their surroundings, their teams, if they wish, because they're going to start exercising that power. We've seen that in the NBA for a few years now, uh, and we're going to start to see it in the NFL in that 
a guy like Deshaun Watson, who is the face of the Houston Texans franchise, he's going to be able to dictate to a degree what happens with his future. Matt Stafford already has done that. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he is going to be able to dictate whether he is playing for the Green Bay Packers next year or not. It's going to be a bunch of guys that maybe a dozen of them or so that will be able to dictate what they are and where they are. And if teams have a problem with that, <laughs> then you're going to be lagging behind because teams that don't have a problem with that will find those players and put them on their rosters. I, I completely agree, 100% agree. This is – players, elite players have never been empowered to the degree that they are now. And since the last time we spoke, we've known, we've been talking about the Sean Watson, it feels like for a month now, but we didn't talk about Matt Stafford, and we didn't talk about Aaron Rodgers. And do you think that Chris Greer may regret on some level hitching his wagon publicly to Tua Tungavailoa? Maybe, maybe not. I do think the truth is this. If they have the opportunity to get a player the caliber of Deshaun Watson or a player the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, they are not going to hang on to Tua Tungavailoa and, and miss out on the opportunity to instantly, instantly compete for championships. You watched the quarterback play this past weekend, and the Dolphins are not on that level. I'm sorry. Uh, even Josh Allen, who you and I, you and I both know, I've had some fun with over the years. Uh, he, oh, now he, it's fun. Now mm -hmm. it's fun. Before it was he sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> now it's fun. Okay. A little bit of fun. Uh, we we both can agree that the Dolphins' quarterback situation is not on that level. True or false? Oh no. I mean, it's like uh, the Tua mob will not agree, but it's clear to anyone with eyes that. The Dolphins quarterback is nowhere near the level of quarterback play that played in the NFL championship weekend. It's just and, not. And so the, the, the Dolphins could be, find themselves in a situation where if they roll with Tua, the New York Jets get Deshaun Watson and the New England Patriots get Matt Stafford or, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers, okay? And I, that's the longest of long shots, obviously, but that is a scenario that they have to consider in that building. Um, you're you're fighting to be eight and eight then in that situation. I guess you know nine and eight because they're going to 17 games next week, whatever next year, whatever it is. But they would have the number four quarterback situation in their own division, and that is devastating, absolutely devastating. So yes, I do think that this week, next week, the week after, and until you know, free agency starts March 17th or whatever the date is, when these trades can become official, the Dolphins absolutely have to do anything they can to improve at all positions, including and especially quarterback. It's a two-sided problem for the Dolphins, okay? Problem number one, if you don't, despite the fact that you, that Chris Greer, and not Brian Flores, by the way, but Chris Greer, has named Tua Tungavailoa the starter for 2021, if you as the general manager and the top guy in the organization, being Chris Greer, do not uh, make a play for one of these premier quarterbacks, you are basically, it's personnel department malpractice mm -hmm. because you have decided I'm not going to try to up. – I'm going to spend the offseason trying to upgrade the team, 
but I'm not going to try to upgrade the most important position. That doesn't make sense anywhere on earth. That It just doesn't. It, it, it has to happen. You have to do it. It's a must. You must try to upgrade if you have the chance. I'm not saying give up, you know, your entire draft or your next two drafts, but you have to at least dive into the pool and swim around, and if, you know, the New York Jets are in it, at least try to put their heads under the water for a while and, you know, drown them. <laughs> you know, uh, be that guy in the pool at least. It's but you way. have to be in the pool. You mean like, like uh, never fight a land war in Asia? That's essentially what it is. I mean, you 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 do you fight that war not to win it, but to deplete your enemy, right? Yep. And and you you can't you you cannot you cannot allow Bill Belichick, who this is the worst year he'll probably have, right? Where do they go? Six and ten, seven and nine. I, I can't. I, I'm not sure offhand. You can't count on the Patriots going 6-10 and 10 ever again with Bill Belichick as the coach. They lost half their team to COVID. They lost their Hall of Fame quarterback to free agency. It was a perfect storm for them being bad. And you know what, Armando? They still went 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine or whatever it is, which is a pretty average year for the Miami Dolphins. And it was a catastrophically bad year for the Patriots. So you don't think that he's, he's not going to be all in on trying to get the best quarterback available, either through free agency, trade, or the draft? He absolutely will. So then all of a sudden, what are you doing here? Yes, I know you want to have a plan, right? I know you want to build something sustainable. But well, the Tyson quote, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the jaw. And I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson going to New York would be getting punched in the jaw. It would. It would make the Miami Dolphins a lesser franchise by having that guy in your division. Well, let me let every once in a while this podcast gives people uh, um, a behind the scenes view of what the hosts believe and what we are about as people. So, just to share, uh, in speaking about the Deshaun Watson scenario, I was talking about kids in a pool. And Adam Beasley was talking about land wars in Asia. <laughs> just, just, just saying, one of us is a little, little intense about this. The other one is thinking summer's coming. I don't, I don't know. Uh, the other thing, Adam, is this. So, do this exercise with me if you can. You are the New York Jets. You are the Buffalo Bills. You are the New England Patriots. I'm telling you that the Miami Dolphins quarterback is Tua Tungavailoa. You think what? Uh, I have a very good chance to win the division next year. I am now telling you that the Miami Dolphins quarterback is Matthew Stafford. You think what? Oh, boy, that team's going to be a handful. I am now telling you the Miami Dolphins quarterback is going to be Aaron Rodgers. You think what? I hope they stick with seven teams in the playoffs next year because we're going to be playing for a wild card. I am telling you the Miami Dolphins quarterback is Deshaun Watson. You think what? Uh, for the next 15 years, we're going to have to deal with this guy. And it's going to be a problem, and isn't it? It's going to be a problem. Yes, of course. So, look, we're not we're not diminishing – what Tua could be, we're just, we're saying that the truth of what he currently is, it, it's not up to those standards, 
and it doesn't worry right now the the Dolphins' opponents and opposition and rivals and division rivals. It's it doesn't. Maybe in five years it will, but right now today it doesn't. And we're living today. We're not living in five years. So that is why the Dolphins personnel department must look at trying to improve at quarterback. Totally. And um, I'll add this, and I'll get us out in another thought. But uh, you talked about a five-year plan. Brian Flores can't afford a five-year plan. Chris Greer cannot afford a five-year plan from now. Uh, Yes, last year was good, right? It was a big step forward. They went 10-6. and But they also lived off a bunch of turnovers that you can't necessarily count on every single year. So that, if, if you're looking for teams that have a, have a risk of regression, it's a team with 29 turnovers the year after they have, like, like 12. I mean, there, 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 there is a chance for some regression there. So if you're, you're Brian Flores and if you're Chris Greer, you're thinking not only about, you know, the long-term stability of you know, the Miami Dolphins franchise, you're thinking about your long-term employment. And, and people think, oh, that's terrible. They, should, they shouldn't think that way. No, it's actually kind of good to think that way. It's uh, competition, and that's what it it is. They're competing with 100 other guys who would take their jobs. Competition sharpens and focuses the mind, and it it makes you understand what's important, what's good, and what's not important, what's bad. And so, yes, I I, I do think Brian Flores always says nobody should be comfortable, and that that includes him, and that includes Chris Greer. And and if your entire division is loading up and leaving you in the rearview mirror – that's on you. Uh, and, and here's my final thought before I get out of here. It leads me to this other point. Uh, what we know, we, we don't know Brian Flores great. I mean, this is we've, he's been on the job now for two full years. Um, he, he's not exactly open and warm and cuddly with the media. We, we have a cordial relationship with him. We don't know him intimately, right? Um, one thing I do know about him is that he believes in competition. And if you stink, you're not going to play. And how do I know that? Because he pulled Tua, the, the franchise, twice in five games because he stunk. So what makes anyone lead, lead you to believe that he's not – that quarterback is off limits somehow for competition, uh, either through free agency or during training camp? What makes you think that that's the one position that's completely off limits? No, absolutely not. I understand why they have to support Tua. If not, it'll be an entire offseason of people just hounding the organization. Who are you taking at three? You're taking quarterback. What are you doing? What are you doing? And we're still going to do that to a degree, but at least we always have to write, hey, keep in mind the team has supported him, has said he's their quarterback going forward. So at least they've gotten that on the record. But, but knowing two, no, I'm sorry, knowing Flo, uh, the, the small amount that I do, he's not going to be okay being complacent. He is not going to be okay saying, we're just going to run this back and count on development and improvement. No, he's going to do whatever he can to make his team better, and that includes at the quarterback position. Let me uh, address the, my friends with the Tua mob, okay? Because some of you all believe that the media has it out for Tua, and it really isn't that way. Look, some of you all have said to me, we should use the third overall pick to draft Panay Sewell. And I'm thinking, wait a second. So the same people that don't want to uh, address the quarterback position this offseason or look into it because last offseason they drafted Tua are now telling me that let's draft a left tackle even though last year – they drafted a left tackle in the first round. Bingo. 
Uh, Bingo. It's 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 not it's not nonsensical the way that this logic works. The the Dolphins do not think that way. The Miami Dolphins have the best cornerback in the NFL, and last season they went out and paid, and I would say overpaid for the best cornerback in free agency, and then used a first-round pick on another cornerback. And so what I'm saying to you is just because you have one doesn't mean you don't continue to look for upgrade. Now, when that guy is the guy, especially a quarterback, yeah, then you can, uh, you know, build around him. But until he is proven uh, with with at the highest level, because that's the goal. It's to win championships. The goal is not to go ten and six and then do like what Steve Ross used to say: go ten and six one year and then fall back. No, that that's not it. We've done that. Remember those days. The goal is to be thirteen and three, two, three, four years in a row and in the AFC Championship game, and maybe in a Super Bowl, and maybe win a Super Bowl. That's the goal. Keep that in mind. And you look at the teams that played this past weekend, and um, the, 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 the Bucks and the Bills are the exceptions because they haven't uh, – they, 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 infinitely up, uh, improved at quarterback. And in the Bills' case, it was because of development, and the Bucks' case is because of Tom Brady. But regardless, who were the other two teams there? Green Bay, in it every single year because they have an elite quarterback. Uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs, in it every single year because they have an elite coach and probably the best quarterback alive right now, okay? Uh, that is the way you do it. You, 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 you want to be in it every single year, and you have to have the guy at the highest level to get you there. Am I saying that two is definitely not going to be that guy? No, I have no idea he's not going to be that guy. He didn't look great year one, but players do improve. Josh Allen is living proof of that. But if you tell me that I can get Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or players of that level next year, hell yes, I'm doing it. And with that, we uh, want to give you a big group hug uh, <laughs> and let you know that we will be back next week with the Dolphins in Depth podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Come back next week.